Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast for your big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here at the City of Chicago, and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. Everything is wrong. Right. That's true. We are recording from a separate, um, we're actually above ground. Yes. That's what we're in a separate location for reasons I'm sure we'll get into, but also joining us here is Jeb Brewer. And yet, so, so right, Glenn. So, so right. It is all wrong, and I am under severe protest. Wow. Okay. But he's not under protest because we're uh, we're a man down. We are not. We are also joined by Lee Younger, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church in Oakridge, Tennessee. Everything is different, and I'm afraid. Yeah, seems yeah. good. Yeah. Well, we are three middle-aged white guys, so I think that's the the <laughs> posture we're supposed to take about the world, right? Yeah, we um, uh, people are, I'm sure are, have heard of the hurricane if yes. they had in Texas. Word has uh, gotten out. Uh, my sister and uh, it used bro- to be a cool indie hurricane, but then it went mainstream. That's yeah. right, for real. My sister and brother-in-law and, and uh, her twin boy and girl uh, live in Houston, and uh, fortunately, we were able to uh, get my sister and the kids out. Uh, but we have the kids; they are basically the most adorable refugees you ever saw. <laughs> True, <laughs> a new um, children's book coming from Uncle Glenn Press. I of course I did extreme vetting. I don't want anybody well, you have to, to. absolutely That's just a responsible you know, the, thing to you do. You got it because they're a little shifty eyed. You sure. know with their plot. known associates and whatnot. You went through their passwords. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, we we checked on that, and uh, you know we're still monitoring. But uh, they have taken up residence in. The underground bunker. That's Quite. true. Say uh, that world headquarters. Yeah, and that's you know what you call that? That's a uh, insurgency. Wow, <laughs> sounds right. So no, it doesn't. It's no, it like did. A, emotionally, it felt good. These oh. immigrants come, yes, and take in all of our underground bunkers. Yes, sure. so you know, so we've been displaced, and we are now in a, a totally insane location. Yes. Yes, where we are recording this. Yes, it is. It's it's my dining room. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a dining room in a nice suburban house. How was that more insane than a bunker? Madness. <laughs> <laughs> would would more ginger ale help? For now, <laughs> For the there demands. may be a, there may be other ingredients later. But anyway, fair enough. Not not at your house because we had to put a lock on the thing that has the other ingredients at your house. <laughs> That's true. All right, on that basis, I declare an emergency in order to change the subject. Ooh, oh, wow. subject changing emergencies are my favorite. Uh, look, Leading yo, avoidance emergency. Yes. This is exactly right. Here's what I'm saying, fellas. Uh. There's a there's a new hip trend going around mm. Christianity, and we got to get in on this. Okay. Is it fidget spinners? It's not. Is although it double beards. If if we can incorporate a double beard fidget spinner sure. into this, that would be ideal. One more guess: Rock'em yeah. Sock'em robots. Oh no. Okay. Uh, also, that's because no one but you and I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> that may be a little true. Uh, and also hungry, hungry hippos. hippos. Yes, right. Sure. But here's what I'm saying: is fellas, we got a draft. I, I and I don't yeah. show up. Hungry, hungry Augustine of hippo. Wow, that's <laughs> hold cool. up. You're saying you it was going it was going by. Yes. yes. You said wait. Wait a minute. Yes. I've got some got comedy it. gold. Well, it's not so much comedy gold, but here's the comedy gold. I want you to picture the hungry, hungry hippos as you have yeah, yeah. with the thing. Yeah. But instead of hippo shapes, it's Augustine's head. Right, yes. Just right. reaching out there and with chomping the, up the marbles. With, with yeah, the devouring little, things. The, yeah. The, the thing devouring heresies. Monk robe. Yeah. yeah, devouring yeah. heresies. Yes. Dude, Forgive us know. for trying to make money, Glenn. The, 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 the level of uncoolness I'm subjected to. <laughs> And you know I'm in a weakened state because of this insurgency. I know you are. Due to, to refugees. Okay. Now, here's the thing we got to get in on. Okay. Oh. Uh, we have to draft a statement, y'all. Wow. A statement? Yeah. This is where uh, we take a bunch of stuff mm. that <clears throat> we want everybody to get on. Wait, right. Glenn, and, did anybody and, ask us to do this? No, definitely not. Okay. That, it, why, would anyone care what we have to say about these it, things? No, definitely is, not. Is it, is it prudent that we do anything in the first place? For sure, it's a terrible idea. Is okay. the thing we're going to statement against an actual problem that's affecting anyone's life? No. Oh. Okay. Uh, but what you do is you take stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
that you want other people to do. Right. Right? Yes. And then you tell them about it. Okay. And then they have to do it. Because I said so. Because I said so. And you don't like it, you're screwed. Ooh, that's good. That's um, kind of raw, uncut power. I like that. Right. So what you what you do is you put you put that statement out there. Okay. And you you get a lot of what you call signatories. Okay. Now I'm Ooh. interested, but let me ask you this: yeah. Can our statement have multiple articles? Absolutely. Because I don't want a simple statement, y'all. No, no, no. I no, mean, no. you know, anyone could just state something. Right. It's it's having a bunch of stuff in there. Well, see, it, the beauty of an article is, yeah. You could, like, if it's just one long statement, yeah. what, what do you got here? Yeah. You want to refer to a part of the statement. Exactly right. You say, is that in Article 7? Sure. See, exactly right. makes it official. It gives it some gravitas. Later on, when the historians and the bards are writing about the amazing thing we did, which we know they will. Exactly, right. yes. They'll be able to reference it by articles. Right. So wow. is it fair to say that we are drafting even now the Chicago statement? This is the Chicago statement. Okay. It's well, happening right now. I think you're right. Might we, because... A, we don't want to exclude Lee. Right, And right. B, um, there are certain people in it's Chicago who do things in their name, they get really <laughs> unhappy about it. Sure. Do we want to draft the Say That Statement? Yes! Yes, okay. we do. It's the Say That Statement. It's the Say That Statement. Now, um, here's what I say. Let's start by talking about people's sex lives. Ooh, that's good. That's because good. Because the thing that people really want to hear is someone they, they don't know yes. talking right. about their sexual uh, allities. Mm, 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 you know what mm, I mean? Mm, that's Getting good. In their business and yes. talking about well, what, what's happening in their bikini areas. I like that. I, like no, no, that. I hear you. They're, they're bathing suit zones. Right. Um, and uh, look, we, we say a lot of things on the show, and we're, we're a little ribbled, little body, and we're a little rude at times, but... Mm-hmm. I think it's, and I'm sure we're parroting something that I haven't, I'm not familiar with, but it seems a bit far afield, even for us, for the joke to be like, we would put out this real elaborate statement about what other people do right. with their genitals, and like right. we would tell them how God feels about that. Yeah. I mean, a joke's a joke, but that, that doesn't seem funny. Yeah. Well, if we don't want to do that then, because to be clear... Who would do that? What a terrible, terrible, terrible idea that would be. It it's would offensively be bad. Very, very offensive. Stretches the bounds people. of credulity that, like, Christian people would do that. It, it would It displays no spiritual or emotional maturity of any kind. That's it's right. almost as though you've disqualified yourself from any form of leadership by even yeah. pursuing that course. Sure. And it's just, like, super creepy. It's in yes. poor taste. It's, it's offensive. It's very it offensive. Just like there were just 15 old white dudes sitting around talking about other people's junk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's weird. That's weird. Really well, weird and, and, and suspicious. And as we all know, Jed, the way discipleship doesn't work is, yes. you know, somebody you don't know that you don't have any relationship at all just starts saying stuff about your personal life. Yeah, so we yeah, wouldn't absolutely. want to do it that way because that's not the way totally. it's done. I couldn't agree more. So given that, here's my suggestion for the say that statement. Right. Say that statement. It's time for us to inflict our aesthetic preferences on other people. Nice. Oh, we can take like stuff we don't like. Yes. But doesn't yeah. affect us. Yes. But yeah. try to imbue that as like yes. God probably hates it. Exactly right. right. Exactly right. right. Article one. Do it. Nickelback's right. a pretty good band. I like Nickelback. And if you don't like Nickelback, you're wrong. Resolved. Resolved. Wow. Article one, Nickelback. Glenn, Article 2. Uh, by the way, and I like these being pretty lukewarm takes. Yeah. Art- article 1, Nickelback, pretty good. Pretty good band. Here's, I like that one show. Okay. Photograph is a good song. I'm yeah. tired of the haters. Article 2, Glenn. Look at the I'm, photograph. I'm, I'm, not ent- I'm not entirely <laughs> sure that we're unanimous on point number one. But here's what... Here's oh, you're a, a signatory. Ar- <laughs> <laughs> you're signing Art- it. Article 2. People who get on an airplane without reading material are an abomination before the Lord. Yes. You cannot sit through this whole flight staring into space (laughs) and do not think you're talking to me because I did not sign up for that. Yep. Yeah. Say that statement. We affirm bring stuff to read on the plane. Yes. We deny that people who do that. Are functional members of society. Yes. That's Article 2 right Article there. Article 2. All right. I'm, I'm going to, on the same vein, I'm going to jump in there. Um, uh, the, I'm going to give us Article 3 here. Um, we affirm the men's room is a no-talking zone. Yes. Oh, yeah, thank true. you. Good point. And no exceptions, especially no exceptions for Bluetooth. Yes. Because yes. that Turn sends the wrong message. If you have your Bluetooth on and you're talking into it, I'm going to flush like six times right. just in the hopes I'm going to bust you out for talking to this person. Right. That's right. Yes. You know, we affirm yeah. no talking in the men's room. We deny 
that you can take your Bluetooth into the men's room. Article four, y'all, we all like McDonald's hamburgers. Stop fronting. Yes, that's right. Yes. Yes. You are by yourself. You're going to the McDonald's drive-through. Stop pretending yeah, you that you're going to get a salad. Stop pretending that you don't like McDonald's. We all like McDonald's. Everything's right. fine. Yeah, we affirm McDonald's We've- is delicious. We deny that anyone who saw Super Size Me, even though it's a pretty good movie, changed their mind about anything. Thank you. That's right. Article 5, I want to keep going with Lee. I'm feeling every bit of it. Article 5, Chick-fil-A, we get it. You're Christian. Be open on Sunday. I always want Chick-fil-A on Sunday. It's wrong. You're depriving. You're making the world a worse place. Be open on Sunday. Yes. You know what would be a good outreach? Hire a crew of people who aren't Christian to work on Sunday. Or like some nice Adventists. There you go. Some people who like a Wednesday night service. (laughs) Absolutely. That's right. That's right. This is, I know we're making jokes here. Yeah. This is not a joke. Yeah. They just opened a new football stadium in Atlanta. Yeah. There's a Chick-fil-A in it. It's an NFL stadium. That Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. What? What what game, pray tell, Matthew, are games played on in the NFL? Well, that would be Sunday, Glenn. It's it's an American tradition. (laughs) There's one NFL game. There's one Monday game in that stadium this season. Right. Wow. Which led to, and I know we're going off topic here, but I just love this. The actual concession stands now sell something called a closed on Sunday sandwich. Wow. It's a chicken sandwich with a pickle and uh, like the Incredible. same kind of bread. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's, that makes me so happy. We affirm that that's hilarious. Yes. Yes. Um, I would like to say, and, and, and put this forth. As is this a, article six? This is article, article six. six. Uh, because what, you know, uh, we're we're talking about some some food things because yes. you got a lot of food like food related laws in the yeah, Old absolutely. Testament. Yeah, I feel like we that's need biblical. to get, yeah. gotta get back to that. Yeah, uh, broccoli. Okay, <laughs> that's right, Brewer. This is a witch hunt. This is this Brewer. Is get dark. It's time. <laughs> it's coming out. Enough already with the broccoli. We've all had it. This is an intervention. We are sick of Jed Brewer and his broccoli. <laughs> None of us can stand you anymore. You're ordering that broccoli when we're sitting in the restaurant. I'm trying to eat my sandwich, and here's what's happening. The only thing happening in my nostrils is your broccoli stinking up the whole table. Yeah. It's enough already. You're showing off. Am I? Sin of pride. <laughs> okay. Article 6. Now, with Article 6, I think we're going great, but... Um, I think that's the perfect place to end. Okay. Because it was an unhinged rant. Yes. Where Glenn assumed that everybody feels exactly the same way he does about everything. <laughs> right. And that his authority on that is unquestionable. Right. That's right. That's right. And and on that basis, I declare a statement of emergency off. Wow. Well played. Emergency off is affirmed. That was way more fun than it should have been. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I really enjoyed I don't know. There's like, dear audience, on some weeks there are some things we do for you guys, and we hope you enjoyed that one, but that one was for us. Yeah. There were some things in there that needed to be expressed. Now, one thing we do for you, that's that's just for you. It's to put out Bridgebox every month, missionusa.com slash Bridgebox. Only $8 a month. You get songs that Lee and Jed put together. You get sermons from Glenn and myself. You get Bible studies. You get uh, lots of other fun stuff based on a topic. We're in the month of September. The topic is where do I start when I'm starting over? Just put that out. A lot of uh, fantastic stuff on that. It is Bridgebox is the number one way that people who like the podcast and like what we do every year in Chicago, what Lee does down there with youth in Tennessee can support us only $8 a month. MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox. We are going to jump to our yeah, first question know. here. If you hang out with us all the way to the end, I always give you some ways to get in touch with this. This question comes in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox. And here we go. It says, I need to know what is an evangelical? It seems like I only hear secular people use the term and when they only use it to describe people who do no evangelism. And somehow these people called quote unquote evangelicals believe a lot, a lot of stuff that I don't or just do differently than I do. When people ask me if I'm an evangelical, I never know what to say. Help. And Jed, why don't you start us off? All righty. Well, let's talk about communication for a second because there's actually some important stuff in your question. Communication is not about what you say. Communication is about what other people hear. 
That's yeah. that's the most important thing to know about communicating with others. So you got to know how other people are receiving things over and above what you're intending. Uh, here's a, a really quick example. There is an ancient religious symbol that is used in Hinduism, has been for thousands of years. It's used in Buddhism, has been for thousands of years. It's used in Jainism, has been for thousands of years. It, uh, it, it's, it's about peace. It's about harmony. It's about love. It's uh, uh, all kinds of beautiful ideas. And it's the swastika. That's right. actually an ancient religious symbol. If you, you say, you know, I love harmony and peace and whatnot, so I'm just going to get a tattoo sure. of a swastika <laughs> right. on my arm because for thousands of years it's represented harmony and peace and love. Other people will not receive that from you as an expression of peace and love and understanding. Correct. Almost right. very opposite of that. They will very strongly receive that as saying something entirely other. So again, we have to be clear. Communication is about what other people receive. Now, I tell you that to tell you this. Paul, the apostle who wrote most of the New Testament, he got that. He was very clear that what matters is what other people receive over what we say. And he was clear that our job, uh, Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. Our job is to find people who don't know Jesus and help them to know Jesus. And we want to do that. The Lord has to do it, but we want to participate in that work. So therefore, it's super important what people who are not Christians think about what Christians are doing. Mm. This actually really, really matters. I'll, I'm going to read you a couple of quick things. Colossi uh, these are all Paul writing. Colossians 4, 5. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Mm. Make the most of every opportunity. 1 Thessalonians 4, 2. So that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders. 1 Timothy 3, 7, he must also have a good reputation with outsiders. So we have this thing again and again where Paul is saying it really, really matters what people outside of the faith think. I told you all that to now tell you this. Let's look, what do people outside of the, of the faith, outside of Christianity, people who don't go to church, what do they think the word evangelical means? Because what Paul is saying is that's what really, really matters, right. is what do people outside the faith think? Um, I can tell you anecdotally, as someone who has a lot of non-Christian friends, to them, an evangelical is a churchgoer who voted for Donald Trump and hates gay people. Yep. Right, right. Let me repeat that. To non-Christians, to outsiders, the people that Paul tells us we need to be very aware of what they think, we need to work with that, we need to be sensitive to that, an evangelical is a church-goer who voted for Donald Trump and hates gay people. That And given uh, recent things, we can also add racist to that. And super-duper racist, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. So, now you might be listening to this podcast right now and you say, I think of myself as evangelical and those things you just said don't apply to me, so that's, right. that's not fair. It doesn't matter. This is, the, this is the nature of communication. If we go back to our tattoo example, if you say I studied comparative religion in college and I put a swastika on my arm because it represents harmony and things that, that are valuable, and then other people think I'm a hate monger because of it and that's not fair, maybe it's not fair, but it doesn't matter. Right. The world we're living in is everybody is receiving this as a statement of intolerance and hate. Right. And now we, now we have a problem. So as we get started on this, what we need to know is that for the people we have been charged by the Lord with reaching, the word evangelical is a very negative term. Mm -hmm. It is a very loaded term. And at this point, it's something that, that represents almost entirely non-Christian things, almost, right. almost entirely things that are anti-biblical. Uh, so you are right to be concerned. You're right to want to approach that very carefully. All of us would be very wary. If, if a non-Christian came to us and said, are you an evangelical? We would be very wary and careful in the way that we replied to that question. That's absolutely right. I think that's a fantastic way to start. And Leah, I'd love to go to you on this. Um, yeah. It's worth pointing out. It's worth trying to understand. I think you're the right person to be this. As, um, as Jed's pointing out, there's what evangelical means today. And then there's what it meant when it was coined and brought into the popular culture. Again, at least in America. And we do apologize to our friends overseas. As far as a lot of this cultural stuff, we can really only speak to um, what that means in the American uh, context. But it's probably relatively similar other places. And uh, Jed talked about um, evangelical kind of meaning things that aren't Christ particularly Christian nowadays. It kind of has always been that way from the jump, right? Yeah, and th that's the thing is that, uh, I mean, Jed makes an incredibly, incredibly great point about what something communicates and how whatever it communicates, that is a that is a solid, unchangeable reality. If it communicates this, it has communicated that. But the thing is, is that that's not, it, it's not that misconstrued from the original point, which is that when it was coined, it was coined by Protestant church leaders who actually, they wanted political influence to, to win something that they had called the culture wars. 
they thought, you know, what we want to do is we want to we want to take uh, we we want Christian values to be uh, you know to be promoted in the American culture, and so we want we don't want our culture to go away, and so we want to get <clears throat> we want to get you know Christians involved in the political process so that we can vote in people who believe and think the way that we do, and this was. A, a term that was used about a, a vote that a politician could go after. You know, you have to go after the evangelical vote. That's the way that you hear it used in the news media. Well, that was a very on-purpose thing. That's the way that that came about. There were church, Protestant church leaders who got together and decided, we want to win the culture war. This is the way we're going to do it, by getting political influence, by getting the people that we want in office. I will say this. If you've been lumped in with people and that that you know that identity is communicating things and you don't want to be uh you don't you don't want to be spoken for in that way you don't want to be painted with that brush um the thing that you need to do is to let your life speak for you yes um I'll say this just a real quick story uh, my i had I had two best friends uh when I was growing up, and neither one of them knew Jesus then, and neither one of them walk with the Lord now. One of my best friends, as soon as we graduated high school, he went to NYU, and he still lives in New York to this day. And there was a, you know, I'd say about 10 years ago now, there was a natural disaster that happened, and some Christian talking head said a really, really stupid, unkind, uncool thing about why this natural disaster happened, that it was like the judgment of God uh, for people or something. It was just really, really evil stuff that this guy was saying. And the guy that I grew up being best friends with called me that day and said, we need to have a conversation. And, you know, and, and he said, I, you need to help me understand um, why your people talk this way. And, and I said, the first thing that you need to understand about me is I have nothing to do with anything that guy said, and that guy does not speak for me in any way. And the first thing my friend said back to me was, I didn't think so, but I had to check because there's nothing about your life that relates to this at all, but this is super confusing for me, for people like me who know people like you. And we had this great, great conversation about, this is what I believe about the heart of God. This is what I believe about people that, that Jesus want, you know, the way Jesus feels about people, how Jesus wants uh, his, his followers to take care of people and that kind of stuff. But more than that, um, this guy was was studying our prison system and how to and how to get in and and, and change things and make things better for for people who have been locked up. He's up there in New York doing that work, and I told him, you know, I'm doing ministry in prison down here. And he's like, man, we have more in common than I thought. And we wound up having this great conversation about caring for people behind bars. And so my whole thing on that is seek out face-to-face conversations with people who have who would misunderstand what it means that you know Jesus and let your life and your service and your devotion to Christ and your devotion to pe- the people that Jesus loves and cares about let that speak for who you are and not let these labels but seek out those face-to-face conversations and let your life speak for you that yeah. is really fantastic stuff and going to get you closed out here uh, I think Lee made a very important point there about <laughs> labels and um, mm. one of the, maybe the most imp- the if we get to the bottom line of the bottom line on what evangelical means is kind of doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that's it, right. It has meaning imbued on it, as these mm-hmm. guys are saying. Mm-hmm. But as far as they say, well, am I evangelical or not? That doesn't really matter. Yeah, I think uh, first and foremost, our African American and Latino friends that we work with and deal with here in, in Chicago would want you to know. A lot of times when you see a survey of evangelicals want this or evangelicals believe this or think this, they're referring to white evangelicals. And and often that isn't the explicitly stated in mm-hmm. the thing is as Jed's pointing out that it's often referring to someone who's white, you know, and you ha- you need to understand that. Uh we do evangelism in this ministry. Uh most of the people who would call themselves evangelicals have have not come close and in fact they <laughs> are not getting closer with uh, with the way that they they act and carry on in in a lot of cases it's a shame because uh, the, the word evangelical means someone who brings a good message and uh so much like the swastika statue it's it's been taken and used for something else and now we have to to shift that gear 
but it, it, as you're saying, I think the the labels are are, are things that we want to get away from anyway. Uh, ultimately, uh, as Lee was pointing out, people know if you're cool and they know if you're not, and and uh, you it, it's good to maybe give some clarification on that if there's some confusion and i think that's that's a good idea um uh, uh, pick a side and and sometimes is is an important thing to do and uh make sure you pick the side that's cool not the one that's legalistic um but i i think for the for the person who's writing this question and what i really want to to communicate is the people know you. They know your heart. If you're not on some weird stuff, they right. will not, you know, have a sense that you are on it because you're a Christian and and so forth. Uh, they can sense that you're different. Uh, uh, years ago, I was uh, doing an interview for a newspaper, and this is a secular publication. This is a person who's, uh, you know, uh, a, a totally secular conversation really that we're having about the ministry. And uh, the, the, the newspaper uh, lady was asking me about all these different things going on in the news, and uh, this Christian's doing this, and another Christian's doing that. And she says, aren't you concerned that you'll be associated with those people? And I said, well, do you think of me as like those people? She says, no, definitely not. Okay then, yeah. no, I'm not. You know, if, if you know the difference, uh, then that's good enough. Uh, people have a way of picking up on that. Uh, Jed was talking about uh, the uh, in in, in um, uh, 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 about having a good reputation with outsiders. This is a Bible verse uh, in First Timothy, uh, as he mentioned, in, uh, chapter three. Uh, that that verse is coming in a list of things that you need in order to be a leader. In the church, mm, interesting. Uh, let's let's maybe look at uh, some of the other stuff in that list. I don't know if I have that right in front of me. Best-selling uh, author. Uh, let no. Me, let me make let me make some guesses. Can I make some guesses? Yeah, please hit me. Okay. Item one must have jumbotron. Uh, no, that's mm. not in there. Item two, multi-campus church. No, not at all a factor in any way. Another one, church that plants churches. Yeah, no. That's a phrase that's totally meaningless. No. Have made him famous. <laughs> no. Him is unspecified. No. <laughs> New York Times bestseller. Right. Yeah, no. <laughs> featured on the conference circuit. No, no. None that, of that's in there. None of that's in there. Wow, that's uh, surprising. I, I do have the actual list in front of me. Yeah, please. That. This is from 1 Timothy 3, starting in verse 1. Here's a trustworthy saying. Whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task, mm. but the overseer is to be above reproach. Right. Faithful to his wife. Temperate, right. self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. Mm. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. He must not be a recent convert, he may, or he may become conceited and fall into the same judgment of the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders, mm. so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. That's right. So... Uh, go ahead, Real Lee. quick, not to cut you off, but also when Matt's reading that list, in the Greek, the word for hospitable is the word uh, xenophilia, like somebody right. who loves outsiders and foreigners. That's right. That's oh. right. Yeah. That's just very interesting. That's just because that's the, Greeks, the Greeks didn't have jobs for foreigners to take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Here's the thing. Uh, if it's saying that a, a polygamist who is a drunkard... Uh, has a terrible relationship with his children and uh, uh, wants to run... Prone to violent outbursts. Prone to violent outbursts, wants to be a leader in your church. That would be the same as someone who has a bad reputation with outsiders. So um, we need to pay attention to that because... uh, Because it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. We stand on the Word of God, y'all. That's absolutely right. We respect the supremacy of the Word. That's right. So it's in there. Let's. Uh, so you know, uh, you know, we're we're being a bit gissy here, but the the idea here is that um, it's not. As I say to pastors all the time in my work with them, I'm telling them it's not enough to be right. Yeah. You can be correct about one thing or another, but as Jed is saying, it's important to pay attention to what you're communicating as much as what you're saying. That that what gets through to people is something you have to take responsibility for, and that means. 
having a good message, which again is the original meaning of that word of of uh, uh, an evangelist. Uh, so ultimately, I think this is uh, really about getting away from those labels and getting towards uh, being the kind of person that has an appeal to others who are outside the faith. Yeah, I think that again, that is the big unifying thing we're talking about here because with any kind of um, religious and particularly Christian kind of terminology or the subdivisions, if you go back far enough, what you find is everything is a reaction to someone else, something else. Right. You know, from the from the catechism on down, you know, there's a, there's one church and it's split into two, and then the Protestant Reformation, and then there was Counter Reformation, and then Methodism is a rejection of Calvinism, and blah 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 blue. Right. None of that really has anything to do with individuals. Right. Much of what they believe. Yes. So if someone, uh, this idea of evangelicals and evangelicals have to act this way, as these guys are all pointing out, that's kind of that's a con, really. I was going to say kind of a con, but it's a full on con mm. to say that these are the opinions that the Christian people have. Right. right. And when you hear people who are really, really into, be, into being evangelical, you may think to yourself, it's almost as if they're acting in a way that is specifically to put off outsiders. And galvanize the people who are already on right. their thing. That's exactly what they're doing. That's why it sounds like that. And that's unbiblical. Yeah. So it's, what, it's also anti evangelical. Indeed. <laughs> in, so, in the original sense of the word. So I, I, what I, I think we break this down if you're someone who goes to a church that has evangelical in the title or whatever, that, that's not what people mean when they open up the front page of the, the thing and it says 81% of evangelicals vote this way. So whether that means you want to leave your church because it's evangelical, or maybe there, as one point out, there's actually a fair number of African-American Latino churches who have that wording in their mm-hmm. stuff because right. they actually mean it that way. So yep. that's some judgment up to you, but uh, don't, don't read too, too much into the labels, I think would be our big message on that. All right, we're going to jump to our next question here. This comes in anonymously. It says, I'm starting a new ministry position. I'll be reaching out to people from a different cultural background than me. How do I minister to people from a different culture without making a mess of it? And Lee, why don't you start us off? I'd love to. Um, This is a really, really cool question. One thing is you are going to make messes. Um, There's there's flat out kind of no way that you're not going to, you know, stick your foot in your mouth at some point and, and mess up. Um, one thing I would say that would be really interesting is ask your, like, ask yourself this question in a few years, you'll already have a lot of answers for yourself. If you could time travel, you would be able to do that. The, the deal is, is that you're going to learn a lot just by ministering. You're going to make mistakes, mess up, that kind of stuff. But a couple of really quick things as, as you're at the beginning. One, the fact that you want to know and you're asking means you're already in you already have the right posture which is the posture of humility which is i don't know what i'm doing and that's good um it's it's good to come into a a different kind of cultural setting and say i don't really know what's up can somebody help me that's a good deal and the thing that i would say is there's a temptation i think when we're reaching out to somebody in a, diff- a different culture to try and do our best impression of them and yeah. that's what we don't want to do um, yeah. whatever the case, no matter how different somebody is from you, you be you, you be you reaching out to them, um, meeting real needs, um, doing things for people that they need help with. There is something that you have to offer them. You have good news to offer them. You have yourself, you have your listening ear, all that kind of stuff. Whoever they are, they have problems there and they need people that will listen to them, that will help them, that care about them. You just be you, not trying to you know, you know, uh, do your impression of everybody or, or trying to fit in in their way or whatever. You be you meeting needs, listening, taking time, uh, working slowly, meeting with individuals. Don't assume, assume that you know things about the culture and don't be afraid to ask questions. There's a lot of uh, the, uh, the vulnerability that comes with humility is something that, that, that people are drawn to. That, that's a, if, if, if you're okay with opening up to me, then I'm okay with opening up to you. The, the number one thing is, as you're rolling this out, is sh- always show respect. You can show respect for anybody's culture without trying to do your impression of it. And so you show respect, you, you're just yourself, and, and, uh, and, and, and find out where you can meet needs. You will make some mistakes, and you will learn from those, and that experience is how you're going to grow in doing this well. Absolutely. I think it's a really, really good place to start off. And Glenn, I'd love to get to you here. Um, there's, when you, uh, which I've had the joy of 
witnessing this on several occasions. Yeah. And we're ta- we have young folks who are doing our host teaming for the first time. Uh, maybe yeah. a group that Leebridge from Tennessee. We do this with our friends from Wheaton College sometimes. Um, there's a very important point that you make that I think um, we're, we need to point out here, which is, and I quote, don't try to be cool. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, yeah, I think when, when you are an outsider, uh, when you're different from the people that you're trying to minister to in some sort of way, whether you're an adult trying to minister to kids, whether you're uh, you know, in, a foreign missionary you're reaching out to a different culture, there's a tendency to try and act like, you know, it's cool. You know, I'm, I'm cool. It's cool. I got it. You know, it's like, uh, you know, it's sort of a don't let them see you sweat kind mm-hmm. of mentality. Uh, that's exactly the wrong instinct. You, you, you do much better saying, I'm, I'm a big goofus. I have no idea what I'm doing here. Please help me. You're you're just way better off. Here's a story from my family's Canadian cabbage farm. Yeah. A real <laughs> illustration that was used in a bridge sermon last week. Yeah, worked great. great it worked great. Yeah, the guys loved it. They thought it was adorable, you know, and that's it's fine. So I think, uh, you know, the idea behind that really is, especially if you came up in suburban American Christianity, and particularly in the last 10 years or so, you're used to the idea that production value has a lot to do oh, with yeah. uh, good uh, Christianity. You have to have a laser beams and a cable cam and a PowerPoint <laughs> and a screen yeah. and a thing, and you got to have all kinds of uh, doodads. Well, that and maybe as importantly, what the production value is meant to indicate, which is this right. is the dude. Right. Everybody, wor- everybody, relax. Yeah, along with knowing everything. Pass- yeah, yeah that's Pastor right. Lasers has got it. That's right, and it's it's it, it inherent in all that is it's a show. Come to see the show, and you know, dude gets to be the 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 guy that's on the show. Sure. Yeah. Uh, here's the deal: uh, the premise behind that is uh, come for Pastor Laser, stay for the Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and and Pastor Laserbeams will tell you that's that's the idea is you know sure. that's people don't want to hear the gospel so what we got to do is get do a whole twenty three skidoo and they're going to come in here and then well, you know, we're going to slip in the news about eternal life in paradise that they don't want anything to to do with and then they're going to be like okay I guess I'll take they were so distracted by the shininess of my shirt we just <laughs> yeah, slid it in there that's right. <laughs> So it sounds dumb when we say it out loud, but that's literally what these people are saying uh, when you ask them about all this. You're, here's the thing. The Bible says you're a clay pot. The pot's not interesting. The pot is not amazing. Uh, the, the, no one's ever looked at a clay pot and said, wow, that's, that clay pot just blew my mind. It's, it's a <laughs> clay pot. You know, it's, it's just made of clay, and you put it in the form of a container, and that's it. What the Bible says is we're clay pots, but we, we hold an amazing treasure inside yeah. of us. And... Um, it's not up to the clay pot to make the treasure amazing because it already is amazing. You just explain it in its amazingness and let that do the deal. Uh, but if you have that sense of I'm the clay pot, it's not for anybody to be impressed with me. They aren't supposed to have any kind of impression of me other than I am a servant and I'm here to serve and I'm here. To, I'm the pot and I'm I'm holding something amazing. I'm here to deliver it. That's it. If you have that attitude, people will not be focused or concerned about what your age is or what color your skin is right. or whether you're part of this community or whatever else it is. Uh, you have to be yourself. Uh, but what you want to do is look for an area of overlap. So, for example, I discovered many years ago, uh, working with guys in the inner city, working with guys behind bars, that uh, that there was a, a big overlap between country culture and inner city culture and that they are much more alike to each other Mm -hmm. than either one is to the suburbs so i could tell crazy stories about my country cousins and they could identify because they have an inner city cousin that has a similar kind of thing so i'm looking for where those things overlap anywhere where there's that overlap i want to get in that zone because it's just a common language we can speak. We can, I can give you an, an example, and you know what I'm talking about because you can, you can kind of see how it relates. Um, uh, you know, final thing here, I think it's important to have a perspective of uh, that it's what you're delivering much more so than yourself. In other words, 
the analogy that I use a lot is uh, if, if imagine you're in a burning building and you're you're trapped and you can't get out, and then a ladder appears at the window and a fireman comes there. Do you care what he made in his last fireman exam at the fireman academy? I care if he can successfully carry me down that ladder. Yeah. If he's there, the ladder's there, done. Yeah. I don't care what color skin he's got. I don't care what part of town he's from. I don't care what his age is. I don't care what his qualifications are. He's here. Nobody else yeah. is here. I need somebody. He's it. Right. So we're off to the races. Uh, that's a perspective we need to have in our minds. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I'd love you to close out on this. There's, there's a verse that gets used about ministry a lot. I think it gets maybe misused or it doesn't get exploited to its full, yeah. uh, what it could be. And that's out of First Corinthians 2, which says that when Paul says he resolved to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. Yes. There are some people who take that to mean that you shouldn't have any conversation with a non-Christian yes. about anything other than the details of exactly <laughs> how long the scourging was mm. during the crucifixion, because that's what gets them turned around. Yeah. Um, but that has an entirely different meaning for people who do ministry Yes, in that if you focus on who Christ is and who he is to you, yes. that covers over a lot of this other stuff, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, these guys have already crushed it. So I just add a couple of brief things. And the first is exactly what Matt is saying, which is humility covers over a multitude of sins. Um, not going there where I'm an expert and I'll tell you, nobody, regardless of culture, nobody likes that guy. The second is being, having love in your heart and being vulnerable enough to make that clear. I am here out of out of love. That's you know that's that's why I'm here. You you want to be clear about that. The other thing about the I resolved in another thing except Christ and Him crucified is to be clear about the things where you are not an expert because um, yeah. those are vast. And yeah. there are three things you're describing doing cross cultural ministry. I, I happen to know this question came from a person from uh, kind of the white suburban church experience. There are three that things. That is the worst band. It really is. <laughs> there are three things that are important to almost every culture in the world that are either non existent in white suburban culture or that um, not that are not very present. And those three things are hospitality, um, respect, and loyalty. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and very briefly, uh, just, just to go through those, um, almost every culture on planet Earth cares deeply about those three things. Hospitality, respect, loyalty. Yeah. Um, I got to be honest with you, just so you know, this is a stereotype, but man, it, it tends to be true. Uh, white suburban culture is terrible at hospitality. Terrible. I mean, um, if, you, if, you, if you think you're good at it, I want to advise you that you are probably not. Um, and that this is something that really matters a lot to everybody else in the world. And your A game is probably an F minus to most people, most places, just so you know. Um, when it, when it comes to respect that actually, the way that it exists in the rest of the world does not exist in white suburban culture. Um, particularly the white suburban church, particularly the white suburban church. I think you need to approach this recognizing there's this thing called respect that super matters to everybody else in the world. And you don't have a framework in your head for what that is or how it would work. Uh, the last piece I said is loyalty. And it actually ties back to the humility thing. Um, almost every other culture in the world really values loyalty. And one of the ways that that gets expressed is showing up for stuff where you're not the star. Um, that means going to birthdays, uh, weddings, baptisms, backyard barbecues, um, everything. Um, if you think you are too important to go to those things, then you can't do ministry in those cultures. Right. And uh, you, you would do well to recognize that you have come up in a culture where actually that's how we know who's important is the guy that can't ever be bothered to talk to anybody or meet with anybody or show up for anything. Cause he's so important. I, look, I, we'd love to let you down and talk with pastor, but he's booked for the next three months. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's, that's the polar polar opposite. So love in your heart, Show humility and figure out how to express in a competent way loyalty, respect, and hospitality. You're absolutely right. I'll, I will very quickly tie that back to the point Lee opened us up with, which is this idea of uh, things being covered up with uh, with uh, some humility there. Here's the thing. Uh, you're going to mess up, as Lee said. You're going to uh, make some kind of scruffle. You really got to work on keeping that to a bare minimum. Yes. Yeah. Oh, please, Lord. You right. know. Keep it keep it conservative on some of this stuff. But if you show up, you are open about your goofiness. You are yeah. showing this your best shots at thing the things that Jed mentioned there. Um, when you inevitably make that screw up, yeah. um, 
what you're going to get is someone going, you probably didn't mean it that way, but don't do that. Yeah. Where if you've just shown up as if you are the white man who's come to have big white man opinions and ideas and stuff, you're going to get a less charitable read of your things than yeah. that. Um, one of my favorite stories I will tell very quickly is Jed accidentally throwing a very offensive gang sign yes. at some guys. <laughs> Did they immediately beat him up? No, because they know that's not Jed. Jed comes to lead us in the songs Absolutely. out of his own time. He probably didn't mean it. I was didn't know I was wearing something, a T-shirt at the bridge once, with a phrase from a very well-known, very violent white supremacist organization. So a guy suddenly said, you're not a insert name organization here, are you? I said, no. He said, oh, because that's one of their nicknames. It's what's on your shirt there. Oh, okay. So now I don't wear that shirt on Tuesdays anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but again, and... I'm sure this and some of this comes to these guys playing up certain things, and some of that comes to even things where you have a strength. Think about whether or not that's something you want to downplay. Right. Um, right. We have situations at the bridge a lot where we have to uh, less now more than before. So I probably curse for this Tuesday. Where we have to escort people out, and we have to be a little assertive on that. Um, I don't broadcast it. I'm a pretty big dude, and I have a decent amount of martial arts training in my life. At no point at the bridge have I ever tried to come off as tough. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Because if you try to come off as tough, then when you got the weird offensive slogan on your shirt, somebody thinks, well, maybe. Right, yeah. right. But if you showed up and made it clear, I'm just a... I'm, just a, I'm here to move chairs. I'm just a simple hill person who's right. here to, uh, you know, yeah, get you guys a ride home. Then when that moment comes, someone says, he's a good dude. We'll give him right. the benefit yeah. of the doubt. That's right. That's Start right. cultivating the benefit of the doubt from day one. Yeah, as much as <laughs> like you can. Give me yeah. one solid piece you'll, of You'll life. spend it whether you intend to or not. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll move on to our final question here. It comes into Glenn's blog. UncleGlenn.com. Oh. I'm waiting for Jed to ask what an internet is. Right, that's What's a popular blog, right? <laughs> it's extremely it's popular. popular. I've heard that. Yeah, that's the scuttlebutt. Yeah. What's a scuttlebutt? <laughs> no one knows. Just go away. This question comes in and says, Hello, Unka. First off, you're awesome. Yes, correct. Secondly, for the past few years, I've been identifying myself with more than just the gender I was born with. Many days I identified as a male instead of a female. Other days I felt like neither male nor female. I was fine with being gender fluid, yet I know I won't be accepted if I come out to my family. And I'm scared that God won't accept me too. I want to be happy and open with who I am, but I'm so scared of losing God's presence in my life because of what I am. I know there are several verses in the Bible confirming his love and that he'll never leave me, but I feel lost and abandoned. Please help. And Glenn, as this came into your blog, why don't you start us off? Well, for sure. And I think one of the things uh, I touched on in that post is the idea of labels that, you know, a part of what's going on here is in a sense, you're almost trying to pick a team. And we, we talked a little bit about uh, putting labels on, uh, on, on ourselves in, in the first question with the evangelical. I think it's sort of a, a similar thing here. Labels have a way uh, as I said in that post, uh, of negating us. We have a way of becoming a category and not a person anymore. Uh, all of us are created unique. None of us, uh, no, no two people are alike. And I think it's worth recognizing that when we're trying to f wedge ourselves into a category. And I think there's a sense if I do that, maybe that I'll have a, a, a tribe of people that will back my play. And you may do some hard thinking about whether or not that's really true. Uh, but in your case, I think part of what you're wrestling with is if I pick this group, then the other group won't like it. If I pick a, this other thing, then that, that other group won't like it. And if I change my mind, everybody will be mad. And it's hard to figure out life uh, by, I, you know, how do I make everyone happy and myself and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. Take the labels uh, out of that and focus on your relationship with the Lord. Focus on letting him give you a sense of who you are, what he thinks of you, what he thinks of where you're at. Um, also, I'd like to, to, to ask this question. Um, how much acceptance is there in the world? Not much. <laughs> I mean, we, we're concerned about, uh, man, I want to make sure I get some acceptance here. I want to get the good job so that People think I'm really smart. I want to get the good grades. I want to do the thing. I want to behave really good at church, so I have a lot of acceptance at church. I just never thought of that. Jed and I were having a conversation last night about acceptance, and it's been running around and around my head ever since, and it just kind of hit me how much acceptance is available 
in the world. From people? From people. Not much. Really isn't, is there? I mean, when you think about it, it's like, we really do put a lot of work into that, like... There's a lot we can grab up, but, you know. We have to mine it as ore from the earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, uh, it, and, and there are some people that are close to us that not only accept us, but it's, it's just unconditional yeah. and it's effortless and no explanations are necessary. And there are other people that aren't going to accept us and it really just does not matter what's going on here. So I think we have to understand that that it's almost more that acceptance kind of comes to us or it doesn't as opposed to us killing ourselves and train changing and stretching ourselves and kind of trying to turn ourselves inside out to get it. It's worth asking to that point if you have to change everything about yourself and kill yourself to get it is it acceptance? Right. 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 Or is it approval? Exactly. Those are right. two different things. Thank you. Yes. You know, I mean, so in in a lot of ways I think you may already have all of the acceptance from the people who know you and love you and and receive you. Uh, that that is possible to have, so therefore it's 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 not a thing uh, to concern ourselves with. A um, couple of other real quick points. I think one thing is um, to recognize, because uh, part of what you're you're looking at here is your parents and sort of older generation, uh, in your family, what they will think. And uh, Patton Oswalt, the comedian, had a, a a bit about this that I thought was really good, in which he was describing that he he's a very a liberal-minded person, he's a very open-minded person, he, he doesn't judge anybody's lifestyle and any of that, but he also is a little bit of an older guy now, and he has a daughter, and he's been spending a lot of time caring for her, and he's not up on what the lingo is yes. and what the words are and the yes. vocabulary. He's down for it, but he he will use the wrong word, Yes, and he just wants it understood. My no, heart's in the right place, y'all. Yeah, I'm cool with it. I just don't know the vocabulary, yeah. so you know. So I think you may have people in your life that won't know what this is and how to respond to it and put it in context and any of that. But there's love, uh, because ultimately, here's the thing: Jesus came to give good news. Mm. Yes, and that's that's really what this is all about. Is that right? Yeah that that uh, that he's, word, man, he he receives us he loves wow. us he accepts us that's a really sharp point I mean we want to know how the story ends y'all absolutely wow we want to know uh, we want to have that sense of uh, w- is this going to land in a good place sure absolutely but it's important to know that God loves you and that we love you and uh, God is not rejecting you and neither are we. That is exactly an excellent place to put that off. I thought those those last two points were very profound. I, maybe we will unpack those a little bit more as we go on. Um, Lee, if I can go to you on this, uh, I, Glenn brought up a very important point that the the good news is meant to be good news. That's right. Yeah. So I think if we if we find ourselves and we can um, certainly if we want to apply this to our friends. Uh, a specific question, but we all we all have things like this. We wonder, yep. yeah, but if, um, does this thing about me disqualify me? So hopefully, if you're someone who has a uh, issue that has been so politicized and really run to the ground as gender identity, I hope you take some solace in the fact that you're listening to the four uh, squarest white guys, whoever white guy, <laughs> yeah, and we all have these things. We think that's probably a little too far. <laughs> And probably if God would really th- looked at that one, he'd feel funky about it. Right. Um, that's a feeling everyone has. But if we get in this moment where the good news feels like not the good news, that may be a warning light, right? No doubt. I'm going to read a, a Bible verse. This is from the Bible. Ooh, mm. official. Um, John chapter 6. This is in the red letters, y'all. That means Jesus said it. That's okay. the bibliest part of the Bible. John Ooh. chapter 6, verse 37. <clears throat> All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me... I will never drive away. Wow. That's really strong stuff. Anybody, Jesus said, period, anybody who comes to me, I will never drive them away. Amen. A lot of Christian stuff will make you feel excluded and driven away. Um, But Jesus himself said, that's not me. That's not my heart. And that's not the way that I'm going to treat you. I can tell you from my own personal experience that being somebody who wants to be a student, a disciple of Jesus, is an up and down thing the whole time. I, I want to follow Jesus. And half the time, I don't understand myself. I don't understand my hangups. 
I don't understand my funky attitudes. I don't understand how I'm still dealing with certain things, certain triggers, certain problems, certain just goofy, weird stuff inside me that I can't get to the bottom of. And Jesus has been patient with me over that stuff for decades, y'all, like decades at this point. He has never shown up and said, that's it. I'm done. I've had it. I'm, I'm done with you. Like he's never, ever done that. And the thing is, is that anybody that feels like, you know, I've been walking with Jesus for a while. I'm almost there. So (laughs) I'm probably the one that has the right to tell y'all that's too far. You know, that is, that is crazy. I mean, just as somebody that's been walking with the Lord for a while, I can tell you that it is messy and it is weird. And it's, it's hard to understand yourself. And Jesus knows all of that. He's patient with the whole process. And he has sworn he will never drive me away. He has sworn that anyone who comes to him, he will not drive them away. The thing to understand about discipleship, uh, Matt and I were talking about this the other day. Jesus loves everybody. Yep. And yep. Jesus also has opinions. <laughs> Right, And if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, he is patient and full of grace and he wants your health and he made you and he knows what he knows how uh, and me and he knows how life is going to work best. And he's patiently walking you and, and, and teaching you how to walk, teaching you how to crawl, teaching you how to make it to that next step, making you into the person that he knows you're going to be the happiest when you are. This is a slow, lifelong process that... I don't even, nobody can say what the percentage we're even going to get to before we're on the other side of the green grass. But being a student of Jesus, it's a process where he loves me, he knows what's best for me, he knows what's healthiest for me, and he's patient with me in the process of me slowly learning to submit things over to, to him that he knows are best for me. That is, that process of being a student, a disciple of Jesus, by the way, that is between me and him and whoever else I invite into that process to walk with me in that. That's yeah. nobody else's business. Amen. It's a long, slow, Amen. local, grace-filled, private thing. Yep. And it is, it's messy, it's confusing, it's weird. And thank God that the one who is, is walking me through this is the one who gave up his life for me. Amen. Excellent, excellent stuff. And Jed, I'd love to get you to close us out here. I want to go back to a very good point that Glenn made earlier. Sure. Mm. Which is that we have this inherent need to know how the story ends. Yes, and absolutely. Especially when something that comes like acceptance. As Glenn's yes. pointing out about how much acceptance is really out there, I think particularly when we're young, particularly when we're, and we don't want to negate this at all, because again, it is the great weakness of this podcast. We're doing our best. that We're four super white middle-aged men. Right. Um, we, we don't want to uh, compare the... The uh, lack of acceptance we've gotten with what LGBT people get. Yep. That's a different kind of lack of acceptance yep. to right. certainly be sure. Um, but especially when maybe you have are, have been so maligned or lived in fear. That idea of there's this idea that acceptance will be a finish line. Mm-hmm. I, will fi- I will move to the right town or find the right community or find the right thing in whatever way that is. And then I will achieve, I will achieve a binary level of acceptance. Yes. And then right. I can just chill out on this and relax. Um, a, that's not really a thing that exists. But even if it did, maybe we're better off looking at where we can get acceptance for today as opposed to the eventual big acceptance, as with so many other things, right? You're absolutely right. Let's start with some acceptance right now. And here you go. We love you. Yep. 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 We're really, I, you're going through a tough thing and we're sorry. Yep. Um, you know, feeling like if people knew the real you, they'd hate it. Right. Um, that sucks. Yes. Um, uh, we haven't experienced that uh, in the context of, of LGBTQ experiences, but we've experienced that in other contexts of life. Yep. And that's yep. super painful. Uh, and, and we're sorry that you're dealing with that. We love you. And to, to the point, again, we're not trying to make one comparison, but everybody you're listening to the show has experienced the feeling of if church people yes. really knew this thing about me, holy yeah. crap, would they hate me? Yes, yeah. yes. We love you. We're sorry for what you're dealing with. But I want to add one more thing. Um, and I, I, I want you to hear me because I think this may be hard to hear. We're proud of you. Yeah. And here's why we're proud of you. You are engaging in the process of trying to figure out who you are. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. And um, 
I don't think you know how rare that is. Yeah. Uh, very few people have the courage to say, I don't think I know who I am and I need to answer that. I need mm-hmm. to figure that out. I need to go on a journey and figure out who that person is, who the real me is. Um, most people try to look at that as little as they possibly can and get to a place that's generally socially acceptable and never change anything for the next 50 years. That's what most people are doing. It is the rare and courageous person who says, I'm not taking the easy out on this. I'm not taking the easy answers. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, uh, go after this, even if it weirds people out, even if it pisses people off, I'm, I need to figure this out. So we're, we're proud of you. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you need to know that. And the other reason you need to know that is you need to know that there are people in God is number one on this list who accept, you right now today regardless of whether you've answered any of these questions you're on a journey where you're trying to answer big questions and as glenn said and as matt said it is there's a temptation to say once i get to the end of this journey once i have answered all these questions then we can have peace then we can have joy then we can have serenity that's a trap you do need to get to the end of this journey. I mean, it is important to discover who you really are. But if you wait to have peace and love and acceptance till then, oh man, that's a bad idea. That's mm. a bad idea. You need peace and love and acceptance right now today. You need them because you need fuel for this incredibly difficult journey that right. you're on. Yes, um, yes. True confessions. Glenn and I are having a talk late last night about stuff in my life where I'm saying, mm-hmm. I'm not sure I know who I am in this arena. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I thought I was one kind of person, but as I get older, I don't think that's true. And I think it may be this other thing, but I'm not sure about that. And I'm not sure how, how to live that out. Anybody who's being honest has to say there are areas of their life where they are trying to figure stuff out and they don't, they don't have the answers. That journey is bewildering. That journey is disorienting. That journey is exhausting and confusing. It's necessary. It's incredibly mm-hmm. important, but it is so exhausting and demanding. You need comfort today. Yeah. You need yeah. acceptance today. You need yeah. love today. We have that love for you, and we have it because mm-hmm. God has that love for you. He's put that in our hearts, but we don't want you to take our word for it. We want you to go straight to the source. We want yeah. you to go straight to yeah. the Lord and start figuring out how do I today receive, even if it's an ounce of love and acceptance from him, we can build from there, yeah. but I need to start receiving today the love and acceptance that God has for me. And here Here's, here's my final thing, just a, a pro tip on that. The way to begin receiving God's love is to decide that you believe the things he says about That's you. Right. Let me repeat that. The way we begin to receive God's love is we decide, I'm going to start believing the things he says about me. Mm-hmm. In other words, I think it would be great to make it a goal to say, I don't know that I accept me, but God says he does, and I'm choosing to believe that. I still, I don't know if I accept me at all. I'm not sure I even know who the real me is. But God says he knows me. God says he accepts me. And I'm choosing to believe that for today. If you will take that journey, not only will you get where where you're going, you'll get there in one piece. You'll get there sane because you had fuel and you had strength along the way. We love you. We believe in you. We've got your back. That is absolutely right. That is all fantastic stuff. One thing I would I would close this out with, and this is both to our friend to earth question, and this goes all the way to that thing we didn't mention that we were making fun of in the opening segment. Yes. Um, and this actually ties into a lot of the questions we tonight because it has something to do with ministry too, and a hallmark of really bad ministry. Here's the thing: when you when you make a state a hashtag statement mm. about certain groups of people, you're talking about individuals that yep. God loves. This when you when you say you know I, I'm worried that if I come out as gender fluid. Um, that God will not accept me. I think that's because someone has impressed upon you that God does not accept gender fluid people. Mm. That is not, that is a, not true. Let's be important. Let's be very clear on that. That is not true. That is B, not the way God works. God does not look at broad categories of people and (laughs) accept or reject them based on that. It's not that, you know, Oh, well, you're wearing your yellow shirt and God likes that, but you have brown eyes and God's not really up on that. So you get a half point. Right. (laughs) You are an individual whom God created. He created yeah. you with the gender identity you have. If that evolves over time, then that's whatever that is. As you pointed out about your parents, we're su- we don't want to overlook that part. We're super sorry about that. It is, my, it is all of our sincere hope and prayer that you're not giving your folks enough credit. Mm-hmm. And as Glenn said, they will be a little, they just won't know what to make of it, but they will just love you. Right. Um, if that's not the case, because unfortunately that's not always the case, um, let's be clear that they don't speak for God. Yes. They are wrong. Right. And almost certainly, again, we're, we, we've all in this podcast been around the block a couple of times. Um, prejudice is almost always born of fear and self-hatred. Oh. 
Um, so people fear what they don't understand. That is that is pretty much the universal um, point uh, injury point of fear. Uh, there's nothing God doesn't understand about you. Yes, right. You may not understand the way you feel about about sexuality stuff, about gender stuff. That's 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 fine. You you and there are people in your life who may not understand that and may not want to make the point to understand that. That's and that's a crappy thing. We're sorry for it. God doesn't have any of that. Yeah. Whatever your whatever people you think people would have about they don't understand or they just think you're insignificant and other groups of people are more important from a political or financial viewpoint, God doesn't have any of that. Nobody more important to God than you. Yes. So we will I will you do one of my favorite things here and I will quote uh one of the only Christian uh television personalities who's worth quoting, and that's Fred Rogers. There he said, go. I like you just the way you are. That's how we feel about you. That's how God feels about you. If you have any further questions, feel free to hit us up. And if you have a question for us, sit at podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. On that theme, we're going to take out the song. This is from our uh, heavy metal outreach ministry, The Bridge Loud. This is a cover of an old hymn called Just As I Am. We're going to take out that. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. The Say That Podcast, Article 7. All podcast listeners must now send bait goods. Woo! Just as I am without one plea But that thy blood was shed for me And that thou bids me come to thee O Lamb of God I come Just as I am though tossed about With many a conflict, many a doubt Fightings and fears within with